Hey everyone, and welcome to episode two of State of My Sports. That's State of MI Sports, where we talk sports in this great state of Michigan and more. Uh, we love the feedback after episode one. Please keep it up. We want to know what you like, dislike, want to hear. And hey, let us know your opinion because as much as we're passionate about our topics, we're not always right, and we want to know what you think. Let's keep the conversation going week after week between episodes. It's, it's, it's great to see. Also, if you aren't already, aren't already following us, please do so on Instagram and Twitter at State of My Sports. Again, that's State of MI Sports. And the Facebook. Yes. Also, like our Facebook page or follow the Facebook page, whatever it is that you do on Facebook, do it. Share it with a friend. Share it with a coworker, everybody you love, because uh, we want more followers and we want to keep this thing going. This is great. Let us know you're out there and j- just keep it going. Today, we're going to talk about some building blocks or trade pieces emerging on the Tigers, more of the Iserman hire, fallout on Holland's new home, all that good stuff. We might jump into a segment about the next generation or you know, the state of the classroom. We'll, we'll see if we can find it. Uh, and of course, our Michigan drink of choice for the night. Hey, episode two, I'm Sam Waldhart. With me again, Kyle Fossey, Travis Nickel. Travis, what are you sharing with everybody tonight to drink? Tonight I got something about a gray line, which is a local brewery. My first ever uh, membership is at Gray Line, and it's Denali Free World. Denali Free World. Great yes. line, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Great beer. It is great beer. My favorite is Cirillo from there, uh, but they were out today, so I went with Denali Free World, and I like it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, is that, is that new? I've never even heard it, of it. It is newer. It's kind of like they call it a, a double dry PA, but it it's got like it's got almost a juicy flavor to it. It's nice. The end of the episode, we're going to be trying to remember to score Ooh. our beers by nice. the end of the night. So you guys can all keep tallies and we'll figure out what we all like, what we dislike. Kyle, what is your drink of choice tonight? Tonight I have Founders Solid Gold. Um, was not a first choice of mine, but I kind of uh, ran out of some time and didn't have the place I went to. Uh, basically a gas station didn't have a ton of options for Michigan beer, but it's good. <laughs> I just don't know when we come to score. I don't know. It's a little, it's a little light. Um, they go down pretty easy. That's for sure. Yeah. sounds like a nice little binge drinking beer. Yeah. Like do, yeah. Do like six. Yeah. At a time. Maybe get a keg for, for the day or something. <laughs> just, just for the podcast, a keg for yeah. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I got uh bell's. It's called Bell's Official. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. The uh, beer guy told me it's fairly new. It's a hazy India pale ale. Um, they had the word juicy on it, so that sounded good to me. Uh, I'll let you know. I was That's told juicy. it was going to be like an M43, but cheaper in price. We'll see. I'll let you know at the end of the show what my score is. We're not going to be too generous, but we're also not going to be too hard on the beers because Michigan has some really good beers and good drinks all around. So um, before we get into our awesome scores, I, I, I've been watching the Tigers a little bit. You know, it, it's a hard team to get into, but you're starting to see like some 
some pieces come together. You got Matt Boyd, you got Shane Green, Spencer Turnbull is starting to put together a pretty decent start. Are these guys actual building blocks to, to what the next generation winning Tigers team is going to be? Or are these more trade pieces to bring in the building blocks? Trev, what do you think? Look, I, I'm concerned about Avila being the one to make that decision. And I know we've talked about this before, but I, I think they are valuable trade pieces, but I do not know what we're going to get back for them and if it's going to be worth it. And at what point can we just start building around some of these guys if they actually are going to be continue to be strong? Uh, but if, if we can get some big pieces and continue to build our, our farm system, which maybe we can use later in trade bait to get some big names when we are contending, that's, that's going to be fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess let's, let's start at the top here. I'm going to, I'm going to name some stats here for you. And you tell me if this is trade bait or a building block. It's like the dating game. <laughs> Hello, I am 28 years old. I have a $2.6 million salary. I'll probably get a raise over the next few years due to arbitration. But I'm under team control for three more years, and I'm going to be decently cheap. Right now I'm 3-2 and two on a terrible team. I have a 3.05 ERA, 57 strikeouts, only 11 walks. And .992 whip. Am I a building block or am I a trade piece? What do you guys think? What was the age again? I'm 28 years old. Still in my ish prime, almost prime. I don't even know anymore, but what's prime? But I'm I 28. That, I don't think that's a building block. No, I, I, I agree with you, Kyle. So my name is Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd. Yeah. I've had a really good year. You know, <clears throat> people are pretty excited. Even uh, Ken Rosenthal talked about the type of return that the Tigers could get from, from a guy like Boyd this year. Sure. And they're, they're talking, you know, James Shields return that, that he took the other day or a few years ago. I, mean, he, I, I don't have the article in front of me, but Rosenthal said a top 10 hitter, not just a top 10 hitter in a, in, in a system, but in baseball America's top 100 prospects. I mean, that, that, if you're telling me the Tigers could get someone like that for Matt Boyd, well, do it they, now. I mean, yeah, Trap, don't, don't get me wrong. I completely agree with you. I don't trust Avila with a 10 foot pole, man. I wouldn't touch that guy. My, uh, so, I mean, so- my answer he's Boyd's becoming a pretty darn good trade piece. My answer to the question, it depends on whether or not we're like, when is the rebuild happening? Well, how far away are we? If we're still three years away, then yeah, let's trade them. But if, if we're talking contention next year, 
then no, I, he is in his prime and we need arms. You add, you add the three young guys that we have coming up to, to Boyd and maybe Fulmer comes back. We'll see. Now you got five studs again, like we had down the stretch when we had all the, all the boys in 2012, 13, 14. Of those, uh, of those top three prospects though, are they all going to be in Detroit next year? That, that, that's what we don't know yet, Kyle. And, you know, yeah. I'd love to see them yet this year, if not next year. I, mean, I, just, I was listening to a different uh, – say Well, and I'm just trying to remember how he worded it. I mean, it was basically um, for sure one will be up next year. Yeah, but I think they're talking about – Sorry, I'm struggling with the name. But I, th- I thought he said two of them may not be even full-time in Detroit next year. May still yeah. be like triple-A or double-A. Um so yeah, I don't that that just thinking about what Trav said about um are we are are they, are they three years out or are we trying to contend next year? Because I think that's from what it sounds like I, I don't see the end where, where they do want to start contending. And that's where I'm leaning towards just I mean, if you have an asset like this emerging, trade him before his value is gone. I mean, look at people uh just two years ago with uh Fulmer. We're like, yeah. hey, you know, he, he's great. You know, he'd get this type of return, and this is what the Tigers should do. And now, now we're sitting here. He was, had a terrible last year, and now he's injured all this year. His his trade value completely dropped. I, I feel like we got to trade Boyd, and I'm I'm gonna get to more of these names before those values drop. Because as a pitcher in this league, it drops and it drops fast. Yeah, very I, right. Fast. I agree. There's so many times where a pitcher's you know, the greatest thing on earth and then the next year he's gone yeah. you know and i and i think that if we can get some prospect build that farm system as much as i think it's kind of a joke yeah build it up to be able to use that again later on to trade when we do start contending yes so if if we start to get some of these guys and they do perform we add some pieces of free agency but then we have trade bay at the deadline to do the flip side of that and buy instead of sell with the prospects that we originally got while selling. No, I agree with you. I think that's, that's the right move. So I'm not going to do the dating game again, because this one's kind of obvious when I start talking about how many saves I have and all that good stuff. But Shane green age 30, $4 million for the season arbitration three, which I think is more is, is a player type option. I'm not positive. Um, could be one more year of control. I'm really not sure. Bottom line, 1.69 ERA, 13 for 13 in saves already. I mean, yeah, you always want a closer. That's 13 for 13, but, I mean, he's 30. And, and, it, and it's, it's going to be the same type of argument that we had with Boyd. Is, is if, the, if this team's ready to, to contend next year, then obviously you want to keep them and re-sign them. But right now, I mean – it's. It seems like you got to trade this guy while his value's up, right? This just cracks me up. We go we, all these years, <laughs> yeah. And we can't find someone to close a game for us, and now we got a brutal team, and we got a we got a stud closer. I mean, I told you at the beginning of the year I was fired up about our eight nine guys. You know, yeah. I really it, thought the lineup was going to be better. Than this. Uh, our staff and our bullpen are better. all the lineup is ugly. Yeah. Is but, Joel Zamaya not pitching anymore for the players? <laughs> I think he's on Guitar Hero 8 right now. <laughs> I was just going to say it. <laughs> Still tearing it up. 
But if I remember right, that Zol Zumaya team also, did they sweep the Yankees or beat them in no, five, or, five or six? Five. It doesn't matter, but. Yeah, it does. But It was four. We were there. <laughs> it was four, yeah. That was, was two. You guys were there? We were oh, there. Yeah, we were at the. The fake rain out game. What's that? Yes. The fake rain out game. Fake rain um, out game. Oh, my gosh. Game, right? Remember, that was your fault. That was 100% my fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I planned it. I was like, you know, according, we, according to his wife, yeah, he planned it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a different story. That state of state of husband life. We're not getting into that today. But Shane Green, Trav, I, I know it's. I mean, it's what is it? May seventh, as we record here on a Tuesday night. Game seven going on in the background. Love it. May seventh, and I'm. Am I the only one talking about trade deadline already? <laughs> <laughs> and thinking uh, about it you're always talking trade deadline i, I love think- trade deadline. no matter what sport it is i'm like to the trade deadline king i i love the trade deadline and i love the salary cap i just love following it and seeing all that stuff i mean this this just feels like the tigers might actually get legitimate pieces back if al avila can can do the job correctly do you I think just, he will I, What's that? Do you think he will? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't trust that guy for anything. But if we have one of the better left-handed starters in Matt Boyd on the trade block, we have a closer. Like, let's just say he's 23 out of 26 at the deadline or in save opportunities. That People kill for more bullpen help. Would we not have? Killed. We would have killed. People yeah. kill for left-handed starters. I mean, that those are two pieces that will be extremely valuable at the deadline. And I, I'm, I'm even... But do... Sorry to cut you off, but no. do people... Do people, like, just know that Al... Like, I don't know if he's too nice or just a terrible negotiator, and they're just going to be calling him up like, oh. hey, man, we'll give you prospect number 74, a draft oh, yeah. pick in the 12th round, and... Case of beer, and we're all set. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like, know that. Can I bring my son back to the, be the catcher? Or right. No? <laughs> like, is he gonna have? Is he gonna have like enough discipline to wait for the right deal and or make the deal when he should instead of waiting too long? Like, just knowing when it's the right time. Yeah. It, it, it's not only the return; it's the timing of his trades that just seems so yeah, odd. Agree. I, mean, I agree. Going back to the Verlander trade, it's like. They missed it and on the first one, and trade deadline is such a disaster when it comes to baseball. When you have two out of it's a weird deal, isn't it's it? It's really yeah. weird. Oh, but anyways, I mean, he like he missed the opportunity to trade him on the first one, where he doesn't have to clear waivers and all that good stuff. But then he trades him last minute on the second deadline, and it yeah, we got decent return, but it just it just didn't feel right. It was like one of those. No, it should have been a blockbuster deal. But still felt like a loss type thing. And the J.D. Martinez, when he traded him two and a half weeks before the deadline, that just seemed like terrible GM management. It was, I mean, it was absolutely He went on to have MVP numbers. What's that? And, and J.D. went off, both of them, J.D. and J.V. went off to have like MVP numbers. Yeah. I mean, we should be getting MVP. Ret- like think, oh, so that, that's got to make you be concerned. It, it, because... We didn't get anything for J.D. Martinez and Justin Verlander. How do you expect to get a great return for guys like Matt Boyd and Shane Green? Yeah. 
and uh, unless the the with Boyd especially having those three years is maybe appealing to a team to say look we're not just this isn't just a little you know a rental we're going to get this guy for a while and maybe the opportunity to to sign him for a big contract prior to that and save money long term maybe yeah. yeah so so the next one that I'm looking at the only other real well, I guess there's another one as well but Spencer Turnbull I mean he's kind of come out of nowhere nobody really expected him to be successful this year I mean he's 26 he's getting paid half a million dollars um he's two and two two three four era 38 k's 14 walks just over one 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 whip i mean he's had a good year i a good start to the year i mean good april what's his record uh he's two and two so i mean it's not i mean he he's not lighting it up but he's been successful on a bad team so it's kind of like Eyebrow raising, if you will. Those two wins are his. I don't want to dig too too much into him because I think we're kind of all on the same page with (laughs) with the Matt Boy, Shane Green. It's yeah, if you get the right return, do it, but make sure it's the right return before you just hand these guys off. Let's jump over to Nick Cassianos. He's twenty-seven. Last year of his deal. I I mean he's he hasn't done anything too embarrassing out in the outfield. So is that? kind of a thing in the past. He's only hitting 278, 10 doubles, which is nice, but only two homers. I don't know if his power is gone. I don't know what's going on. They talked about trading him at the, at, before spring training. Nobody was biting or anything like that. And I just wonder, is he going to – I don't think he's going to bring back a whole lot at this point, being what he is. But where where does he play? Right field. Yeah, I, that's a that's an issue. Right yeah, I, I mean, you as, can, soon as, you, as soon as you look at Nick Cassianos, you're looking at AL teams only. That's what I'm saying. You have to hide him as a DH at some point. And one good thing about Nick Cassianos, though, is is he is on his last deal, so it can be. He can become a bat off the bench for a true contending team, or he can be a DH. He can be – he can play right field. He can do it. I mean, he's not good at it, but he can. I mean, it's – it's. I've, as soon as I wrote this one down, I'm like, it's too early to talk about this guy. He's got to show a lot more to really be a true trade piece at the deadline. But – you know, I, I was just I was reading articles, listening, and it just seemed like you have these pieces emerging that could help this franchise long term, one way or the other, either as a building block or as a trade piece to bring in a legitimate building block. This team needs offense. This organization needs. Offense. Yeah, can you imagine a team without? I mean, without Nick, without Maggie, with and they're not even doing great. Uh, they need offense. So you either got to build around him, which I don't know that that's the right answer. I mean, at some point he is just a DH. And if, even as a team thinking about trading, I feel like I, if, I, if I'm a GM, I can get an older guy that could do the same thing for much guy. cheaper. Yeah. A proven guy that can come in and get some hits when needed, maybe bounce a home run. Yeah. I like Nick. I, we've all, 
<laughs> we've always been like waiting on Nick. Yeah. You know, it's he's like still only 27. That's the thing. Like crazy. <laughs> he's, he's just coming into his prime. I mean, let's he's maybe to figure out the league a little bit more. Yeah, maybe uh, we build. I don't know. Again, I, it's, it's one of those weird spots. Where are we going as a, as an organization? Are yeah. we going to be, cause again, if it's going to be three, four or five years and it's not worth w- having him around cause he'll be 32, yeah. 33 by the time we're good. And now, you know, he's getting towards the end of his prime. Yeah. Man, they got to, they, the Tigers got to spend some money. <laughs> That's, I mean, they really do. You're right. Looking over this roster, this, I mean, yeah, Shane Green, you have Cabrera. I won't, I don't, I don't need to tell you what I think about that. Do but. you think Cabrera could become a trade piece? I mean, nobody, it's going to, no, because no, he's banged up. I, from a, how long has he been in the league? Well, I think he's, he started playing when he was 18 or 19 with yeah. Miami. Oh, sorry, 17 years. Yeah. It's I mean, insane. I don't and he's still I, only like he, 34, 35 or something like that. Like, he's 36. Yeah. 36. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. And he's good. I just, below is, him and Zimmerman, you get into, yeah, Nick Cassianos, Shane, uh, Shane Green, Fulmer, Boyd. Um, I don't know, man. Those aren't sexy things to go try to trade and get a big name for. Um, uh, all right. I'll tell you what, though. Like, I don't care. Miguel Cabrera is scary still at 36. Like you can't tell me that in the playoffs, any opposing pitcher in the league wants to step on the mound with Miguel Cabrera up the bat in a big situation. No, I, I, so yes, trade bait. I, if I'm a team and I need a DH, Oh yes, please. What, what is it going to take to get Miguel Cabrera beyond? I don't, I, I think that's a stretch to think of him as trade bait, but yes, absolutely would i want him uh like he's a monster i think the only way that deal works is if um the tigers will continue to pay obviously a good chunk of his and i say do it like honestly if you can find someone to just take him and get a legitimate return i don't care how much salary you take again we talked about this in episode one there's no salary cap. Who cares what you're paying? Like, I don't care that we're still paying Verlander $8 million. I don't care that we're still paying Prince Fielder $6 million. Like, that does not bother me. What bothers me is the fact that we're paying Jacoby Jones less than a million dollars. So bring someone on that, that can play the game, that can play ball, yeah, that can I, hit, play outfield for $6 million. Like, you need a starting nine. Yeah. Pay all of them $10 million. And see, that's They're the thing. legitimate over, baseball players, and you have a great one through nine. Yeah. I think we talked about that before, too. Like, you go from Cabrera and Zimmerman at 30 and 25, you drop to, like, five. I mean, I think what Cassiano's is nine. He's nine at, five or nine, nine, five, I think. Um, but then you, you, it drops quickly, man, below those two. Yeah, you don't have any – well, yeah, and that's that's. I think you want to talk about too, Sam. The 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 comments thing that he made. Like, yeah, the, Trev, did you end up finding those comments? Yeah, uh, I did, and and so you know I don't have it word for word right here, but it, because it was actually longer than what I originally heard, um, and basically he's he starts out the quote saying, Cabrera. "Look, Cabrera." Yeah, it starts out. He's like, "Do you know Prince Fielder?" You know, like I had Prince Fielder sitting behind me. Now, who do I have hitting behind me? Yeah. 
you know, it is like, there's a huge difference between like guys like Fielder and Peralta, which is funny about Peralta Martinez. Martinez and these guys that have been hitting him behind him all these years, then the guys that are hitting behind him now, which is probably a slam to those guys. Major drama. I yeah. see. I know. I, I don't disagree with them. I'm not sure how you guys feel, but I do not disagree with them. I agree with them. I do. He probably is getting crap, but (laughs) you don't say that. Right. I mean, I I I grew up a a hockey player and I played a little bit of college hockey and you do not do that. You don't throw teammates under the bus period. I I don't think he's throwing his teammates under the bus. Mm. It, It, it sounds like it to me. He's throw, you know who he's throwing under the bus? The Illichs. and the Illichs. Yeah, you might, he's throwing you might under be the right. Bus. And, and if that's the case, like if this is a calculated thing and he's going out and saying that and then going in the locker room and saying, hey, this is not about you guys. This is about yeah. the the ownership of not spending money. And Then it's different. Here, I right? love you, but you should be hitting eight and a good baseball team. All that stuff. I mean – if if he's going in behind the scenes and doing that, then okay, go ahead and do it. Say what you want to say, but I from what I from what I've heard from Miggy, he's not the best leader. He's not very vocal. What did he say going into last year? I don't I don't even want to learn my teammates' names. Remember that comment? Yeah, like, that just kind of shows I, you like the kind of person he is. And I I think I, that's I, because of the because. He has no faith in the organization right now. They're going to be coming and going. They're going to be coming from minor leagues. Then they're going to be gone. Like and you I might be right. And, I and think I it's a bigger picture. I, I love Miggy. I, I really do. And I think he's one of the best hitters I've ever seen. And in, in, of all time, really, I, he, is he is the best no, hitter I've, I've ever seen. And how about the fact it's been like 40, 30 degrees, you know, and, and Comerica park, which is a tough hitting park anyway. They they go to Chicago, the White Sox, on a nicer weekend with the wind at their back, and they're cranking home runs. They had five that weekend. So you, I think it's early. We every year I feel like we've had this conversation like they're not. There's no power. Well, it's cold in Michigan in April and May. So I'm not worried about him not get hitting home runs. I'm I'm worried about the rest of the lineup. Did like I said, I would. Did he win a triple crown? Yes. Come on. He did. Oh, I, that was that was an honest question. I, I I while we were talking about, I'm thinking this guy won a triple crown, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, oh, dude. Yeah. He is. He still is a very very good he's hitter. The first ballot yeah. Hall of Famer. He's hitting. Agreed. I think just below 300 right now. I didn't see how his how how he hit today. But that's he's he's right around 300, and that's not bad. You put him on a contending team, and he's guys, a stud. Put him in, put him in a. Home run hitting ballpark. I mean, he he hits in one of the worst ballparks known to man. You should, be, you should be calling up the Yankees right now and being like, "Listen, <laughs> that's true. You want Shane Greenback and Miguel Cabrera? Like, just give us your top three prospects, and we'll call it a deal. Like, just yeah. figure it out." Um. Yeah. No. I, there's no doubt. The, the, and I'm not trying to. I think Dombrowski made some contracts that were, I, yeah, I mean they were oh. some got a little crazy, but he's trying to win. I, he's the antithesis of Alavila. 
he he's shoving his chips into the middle. He's trying to win championships. And I think that's what you guys are saying you want. That's what, you know what I mean? I, uh, I was, I never once blamed Dombrowski. I was yeah. all for going for it. hundred percent all the time. Yeah. I was, I, I, I did not want to see him go. I, I think he's the type of general manager that a baseball team should want because he's like, why, why do I care what West Michigan Whitecaps are doing? I don't care if the Whitecaps suck. I don't care if Toledo Mudhens suck. I don't care about any of the minor league teams. Yeah. Like, no, and it's worked. I want to win a championship. I want to make the playoffs. I want to win a division and I want to go from there. And, and I love that about him. He gave yeah. up the farm and I'm okay yeah. with that when you're ready to win. I, I would give up the whole Whitecaps organization. Right. For Who's one judging? good baseball player, I would. Who's There's judging? a dime a dozen single A players. You're like it, it's rare to find yeah. someone come up from that level. And actually, I know that there, there's some good players. I think Pujols and Trav loves Brandon Inge, and we already Sorry. talked about Avila. But I mean, it's you're not going to get players from single A to come up and, and truly contend and, and be the, the person you want to do. Pitchers is one thing, but legitimate hitters, I, I just it, – it's, it's rare, very rare. So, That's why I say give them all up. Give yeah, up what, everybody. I don't care. Yeah. You'd be looking for – what would you be looking for for like a Cabrera? What do you think – I mean, you're looking for top three prospects or are you looking for something – you know, a young guy that's in the league right now or it's really hard. I mean, I would lean towards prospects. Yeah. I mean, baseball is not really about draft picks necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more draft picks, at, but it really just depends on what else is out there. Yeah. And, yeah. and when it comes time, you know, what, what all does the deal entail? Because if the tiger is going to eat more of the salary then they should get a little bit better of a prospect. But if they're getting rid of that salary completely, yeah, you're not getting much yeah, return. Right. So it, it really it depends a lot on that. And it really depends on the team because like team like the Yankees, let's say they're they're in the market at the deadline to to pull in a hitter and they ha- they have the money to do it. Well, you know, the Oakland Athletics. Let's say they're they're ready. They don't like to spend money, so we would probably hold on to most of the salary. So yeah. it just really depends on a lot of that. What direction they go? What direction both teams are going? And baseball is weird in that way. But yeah. I don't know. I hate talking trade deadline the first week of May, but <laughs> I also love it at the same time. It's where we're at. <laughs> it is, and you know, Cabrera's comments. I don't like it. I really don't. I wish he wouldn't have said it. So but at the same time, it's like, how many times do you hear a media be like, oh, I wish this guy would give us real answers and tell us the truth. Like, it's tough to win cliche, sometimes. It's cliche. And then the, now that Cabrera is telling them the truth, ah, oh, he shouldn't have said the truth. He should right. have said the cliche. After, it's like, wait a second. You're just looking to complain at that point. And yeah. How did, in a, how in did a he, hockey locker room, that does not fly, period. It doesn't. Baseball might be true. different. I don't know. It, it very well might be that they're okay with it. But Garden hires comments afterwards of saying, hey, Miguel runs the, runs the organization or something along those lines. He runs the room. He can say what he wants. I, I don't like he that. Did, he did say they were silly comments, though. Yeah. Which but he fun. said 
<laughs> he basically said Miguel calls the shots. So which it is. I mean, it, it's a tough spot. It's just. It's a little off, but like, how did Houston, Houston do it? Like, did they actually? Like, oh, they build through just prospects in the way we're talking. For once, it worked. What did they get? Just so many prospects that a few of them worked out. Most of them were were actually draft picks, if I recall. I mean, they never had assets that they were like selling to bring in other teams' yeah. prospects. It was because they didn't even have the assets. They didn't have they it. Had. They had absolutely they had. nothing. They were the worst. They had to change leagues. They were so they were like, bad. Oh, this isn't going well. So, they were so bad. Yeah. It was really bad. And I, I'd really have to look at it, but I'm pretty sure most <laughs> of them, most of them Is he dead? were draft picks and homegrown, which is cool, but <laughs> – I don't care. I just want a title. I don't care if you'd bring yeah, what does it matter? a prospect for every single team and build one out of it. Like do it. I don't, I, don't, yeah. I really don't care, but I don't know. It's sad where this Tigers team is at. It really is. I know we talked about in episode one. It's just, this sucks. I still love them. I still love them, but I'm, I, they're a hard watch, and they're a hard, hard sell. They're hard to follow, and yeah, I don't know. It sucks. It's kind of the state of the Michigan and sports right now. Like none of our professional is, teams are. Is really- there a worse city right now in sports? I I would be hard pressed to find a worse city in sports right now. Pistons made the playoffs. It was awesome. Yeah. How many games swept. did they win? I think yeah, they, they won were the first half. Yeah, we well, haven't got into Pistons at some point. We're going to have to. We're going to have to. And they got some building blocks there. They got some good – I mean, Griffin's the real deal. I don't know if you're joking or not, but – No, I'm serious. Oh, really? Oof. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a topic for next episode because I will have to argue with you on that. Oh, oh the guy who doesn't watch basketball? Hey, I watch this all the sports in the state of my sport. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. All right. Well, let's jump on over to the Detroit Red Wings. Again, we hired Eisenman. We're all excited. Yes. After yes. after you get the GM you want, what's the next piece? Assistant GM. It's bringing in that GM's right-hand man that he trusts completely to do the job. Yeah. Love it. Pat Verbeek coming back to Detroit. He was a player there for a bit. And then I think he was a scout after he retired. He was a scout for the Red Wings. And then when Eiserman jumped over, he followed him over there to Tampa. But they're both back, and it's very good. Nothing against Chris Draper as the assistant GM. But I, I, I just like I, – I like that Eiserman brought in someone that he trusts right away. And he's like, this is who I want. Yep. This is what's going to happen. Do it your way, man. The same way that I, I was just like, these are who I want to do this podcast with me. And okay. Andrea, I yep. don't care what you say about them. They're good people. Okay. That's hurtful. So. I, don't, uh, <laughs> don't, I don't care for no, that. I mean, it, <laughs> you know, that that's exciting. I, I'm really excited about that. I don't know what he's good at. I don't know the first, I don't know really anything other than the fact that they worked well together in Tampa and, I hope it translates. It just shows that Eiserman's 
willing to do what he thinks is best for this organization. Like he's in it to, to be successful. He wants the guy around him that from what I've read, this guy is going to be a GM somewhere sometime. Oh yeah. And so to to be able to bring him in to help with this transition, uh, they're already on the same page. They're not going to miss a beat. They're already with scouting. I mean, that's a huge part of of being a scout. How do you be a scout in hockey with the world and the, yeah, there's just so many players in this world. It's a hard sport, a sport that you and I are very familiar with. And, it's not easy to to find the right prospect because there are so many of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's exciting. Like I already said, once you get the guy you want, let him bring in his right hand man and you're going to be successful eventually. I don't think it's going to be a quick turnaround. I really don't. I think it could be with your right aggressive moves, but I don't see it happening because, you know, what Eisenman said at the press conference, he goes, you know, I, we got to be patient. Fans got to be patient. And I, I, I'm going to be patient. I'll tell you, I, I, I trust Eisenman. I trust this organization. I trust the Illich family when it comes to the Red Wings. I really do. I, I think they want to be successful in the NHL more than the MLB at this point. Um, so, you know, we'll see. That, that's just – Something that happened. Just wanted to bring it up. What do you think about Holland's quick departure here? Yeah, you know, that, that was going to be the next thing. He <laughs> So, going back a few weeks when Eisenman was hired, it was Holland was, was the mastermind behind bringing Stevie home. And this was all Holland's idea. He was going to get promoted and kind <laughs> of extension and – all that good stuff. Everybody's hunky dory. The press conference happens. You see Holland. His hair is all messed up. He doesn't have the right color tie on. All that good stuff. It's like something's not right. Let's let's just give it a little time. Is it Seattle? Is it Edmonton? I, I think today even he's it was when they announced. I mean, I know it was rumors for a couple of days, but yeah, he, he he's off to Edmonton to be the GM. Yeah, that's just. That kind of completes the story there with with that whole transition. It it was not Holland's decision to put himself out of a job, so he had to go find a new one. So I think he'll do good there. Though. You know, I I don't well, think he's really yeah. like uh, as much I as I think. Go yeah, ahead. He, sorry, yeah, I just think he maybe his his time ran out here. We got to be thankful for some of the things that he's done for this this team, and you know, and helped us have some fun years. But I do think that he's going to be all right, and it. I think it's good to have him out of there. We don't need anybody over the shoulder of Iserman at this point. No. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, really, about that whole situation. Obviously, we can't speculate of what Edmonton's going to be or what the Red Wings are going to be in the next three, three years or so. But, you know, I, I, I listen to sports talk a lot throughout the day, and a lot of the topics are, all right, what, what was Holland for this organization? Once the dust settles, like, what are your feelings about him? Was he great? Was he good? Was he bad? Like, I, I go back and forth. I can't really tell anybody they're wrong, but 
Kyle, I mean, what do you think? What did he have? Two Stanley Cups as the GM in 02, 08. I think, oh, actually 98. He was the GM in 98, 02, 08. Lost in 09. Three Stanley Cups. I, I don't, there's no way that you could say he's a bad GM. I think you have to put him in a great GM um, category. Right. For that reason alone, I think. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a Red Wings fan. I love the organization. I love everything they've done. My, I mean, I'm what, 21 now. So the last 21 years of my life. 21, eh? Yeah. (laughs) I'm on the right side of 30. Right. Uh, He's given me a lot. And, and, you know, you hear these Red Wings fans talking like, ah, well, he's put us in a terrible situation and he Uh, wasn't a good GM. He inherited this. Oh, that was before the salary. Dude, just three Stanley Cups? Yeah. And we're complaining about the guy as a GM? Like, people really need to look in the mirror and four Stanley cups. If you count as assistant. Yeah. Or, in in yeah. 97. But I mean, all right. Three Stanley cups as a, as a GM. I think he, he was either an assistant or maybe a full-time scout. I don't remember in, in 97, but where do Red Wings fans get off saying yeah. that he's a bad general manager because he only gave them three Stanley cups. And yes, yeah, we've gone yeah. 10 years without a Stanley cup championship. Welcome to the world, people. Yeah, no kidding. We went from 1955 to 1997 without a Stanley Cup. And people are complaining about our GM. Yeah, see, that's... Three Stanley Cups? Let's see, I was just looking at this now. Like, we won the Central Division ten times, the regular season conference title five times, the President's Trophy four times, three Stanley Cups, and won more regular season games and postseason games than any other NHL team during his tenure. That's crazy. Yeah, but we haven't made the playoffs. In <laughs> right, yeah. Like, seriously, welcome to yeah. the NHL. Like, he's only he, five foot eight. I'm a Red Wings fan. Don't get me wrong. 25 years, that was a hell of a ride. That was awesome. Like, we should celebrate that because it was so cool. And but think of the guys he drafted. Playoffs, like, that is the NHL. The NHL, you, you're supposed to make the playoffs for four years, miss the playoffs for two. Make the playoffs for six years, miss the playoffs. That is the normal, yeah, you know, trend of the NHL. It's just the way it works. And the Red Wings made it for twenty-five straight years. Okay, yeah, we probably shouldn't have bought at the deadline in two thousand and thirteen or fourteen, whatever it was, to just get into the playoffs. I okay, I, I can't argue with it with you there it, i mean it it sucks it put us back a couple years but that's not why this this organization's in rough shape this organization's in rough shape because the nhl literally changed overnight it was insane the way that it went from big strong to fast and talent like it is it literally just went from one to the other in a blink of an eye and that is what Holland didn't respond too well. Don't get me wrong. He made some bad signings. He gave out some yeah. bad no trade co- contra- or no trade clauses. And they're in rough shape. The Red Wings still are in rough shape. Yeah, we have a few pieces. Like, but it, there's yeah. no place to put him at this point. And to say is some of that his fault? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fine. He definitely, but you don't, you don't throw the – you can't type 
like over his whole career, yeah, like exactly. he was a bad GM. He was a fantastic GM. Yeah, you bought you buy a car in 1998, brand new, right off the lot. That thing was a yeah. beautiful car. Yeah, ten years, and then it sucked for the last three or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't just say, "Oh, it was a bad car." Ah, the car was the car was the issue. It wasn't the fact that they had too much tread off the tires or whatever the heck you want to say. Like, yeah. it is not. It is Holland's fault, but it's not at the same time. Yeah, I was, I, I was uh I was in Ken Holland's suite one time, and uh, <laughs> this is a sidetrack story. But I was about eighteen years old, and I don't think I've ever heard this. <clears throat> you you had to have heard this, maybe not. So anyway, I was about eighteen. I was there with Kevin, and his sister is actually really good friends with Ken Holland's daughter, and so we were in their suite, and they had like free beer and we were only like 18 years old you know and we weren't drinking it or anything but um kevin's brother-in-law was in there and so he was like hey well uh he goes we want to go back to our seats can you guys carry these beers for me because they were free so we both had two in our hands and he had two in his hands so we walk out of the hound suite and we walk right out of the elevator and sure <laughs> enough undercover cop just comes and busts us he kevin took off running he made it out. <laughs> the guy bust me. He like he made me dump the beers out in the trash can, and I wasn't even drinking yet. And he yeah. he he told me that I was blitzed. That's what that <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. he, kept, he kept telling me he's like you're blitzed. So then they brought us down into the police station and the or like the little room with all the police officers down there, and they're yeah. all watching the Pistons game. <laughs> and, <laughs> Anyway, we're uh, we're down there, and they they kick us out of the whole arena, so we didn't even get to see the rest of the game. We're like, we're with the Hollands. Oh They're like, God. sure, sure, yeah, sure, you are. <laughs> yeah, that was my moment of getting kicked out of Holland's suite, That's sort of. <laughs> you have an opinion? <laughs> That's all I gotta say. No, I I think I I think he he was an awesome GM. I mean, with three Stanley Cups. You, he drafted guys like, you know, Datsu, Zetterberg, Franzen. Um, I mean, I know Franzen didn't work out with the head and stuff, but yeah. like it, it, he made some huge signings. Osgood and Brett Hall, Robitaille. I mean, Robert some of these guys, Hosh, these guys mean, that came in and won us cups. I mean, it's just, and it's not even just won us cups, but like we were, even when we dominant. weren't winning them, we were dominant and had chances yeah. to. And so I, I I hate to part of me hates to see him go, but I agree with what you said earlier. Like he didn't adjust to the changes in the game, and the game has changed from the youth level on up. We see it. Yeah. We a whole different game than what we were, you know, brought up playing. It, it's the game is changing completely, and it's it's fast. It's skating, and there's smaller guys in the league now because of that that can just fly. It's it's a different league. Yeah, it is, and and don't get me wrong. I think he was loyal to a fault at times. I think he chose Howard over Mrazic, which I think was the wrong choice, which we talked about last episode. I think he gave Abdul Kader way too much money for way too long. And then the no trade clause kind of puts you in a pickle. I mean, there's a lot of those out there and the people that argue with the, with those facts, I can't argue against you. I, I can't, I'm frustrated with those deals just as much as you guys but I don't want to be blinded 
by what he was for this organization for for a very long time. And and one thing that I, that I was thinking about today was when Illich started to uh, Mike Illich's health started to take a turn for the worst. It was right around the time that the Red Wings were were buying when they probably shouldn't have been. All of those things. I, I've you know the Tigers are doing the same thing. How many times did we hear oh Dombrowski's out there trying to get one for the Illich for Mike? He he wants a title so bad. We're trying to get him one. That argument is never made for Holland and the Red Wings organization because everybody assumes, oh, well, he already had three or four, so why would Mike Illich care? He cared about the Red Wings so much. Yeah, he cared more about the Tigers from what we hear, and uh, his wife was more of the Red Wing fan, but he cared a lot about both of his teams, and he did not want to see them – rebuild the last few years of his life he didn't so i feel like people give dombrowski the the benefit of the doubt because they were trying to get illich the title i kind of feel the same way with holland like yeah he was buying at times because he probably had to and maybe the loyalty that he was showing was more the loyalty from mike illich which is great from an owner but hard to see from a GM, and that that's the tough part. But yeah. I think I think we both we we all agree that Holland was a very good to great general manager. I don't care about yeah. the salary cap before or after. Like he did it both. They should have won on 09 when me and Trav were there, painted head to toe oh. in red. Gosh. Worst day of my life when I saw Crosby lift that. Stanley Cup. How, how close were we to tying that game, dude? Like, oh. I that one just—it's still like I could just still see the shocks coming in at the end. Like, we're gonna tie this. We're not done. We're gonna like tie it. this. Yeah, mm. but oh. anyways, you know, I, I I wish Holland luck. I I hope that he's successful and improves those idiots that are saying that he was a terrible GM. Wrong. I really do. As long as it's not the edit at the expense of the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, one thing that Holland has that Eisenman doesn't is Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, who also had 100 points, two guys that just had 100-point seasons. He's got, he's got the building blocks already there. He just has to figure out a way to, to build around those guys. He's just got to backfill it. Yeah. Right. And it, 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 it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work. than done for sure, yeah. But, I mean, he's got the he's superstars got, in their prime. that we don't so have. That, uh, that's, that's a great starting point. And that's yeah. something that Eisenman had in Tampa that people don't really bring up a whole lot is, you know, he had the number one picks. He had Stamkos. He had, he had all that to work with. So, you know, we'll see. Well, he's got a top ten pick this year that he gets to, you know, make a hopefully the right decision with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll be another episode. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, you know, we'll that. get into what we think about what what the Red Wings have to do in the off season. I know I have a ton of opinions about that. Like, no, I, I don't believe a, that. I could write a book. I don't believe that. No, no. I have a little bit to say, but <laughs> you know, I think once the dust settles, as Kyle stands up and sorry, camera. Sorry, sorry. You're good. 
I think Holland's a good GM, and I hope people give him the credit that he deserves here in Detroit. Yeah. As, as hard as it is to see where this team's at right now, well, we'll get out of it. And this is the NHL. It's just the way it works. We were spoiled with 25 years. So, moving on to a new segment. We're going to kind of switch it up here. It's yeah. not sports-related. This is where we, we really get deep. We get deep in, in our lives, you know. Probably emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I might cry. I might cry, too. You know, yeah, sure. We're going to talk about the state of fatherhood. We're going to talk about the state of being a husband. We're going to talk about the state of the classroom because we do have someone very involved in the classroom <laughs> on this great <laughs> podcast. So we have a great topic here, Trav. I'm I'm just gonna hand it. I don't have a good segue. Just just tell us what happened in class today. Look, I I could have a million stories, but I got something that's just been just bothering me. These kids, (laughs) they had their headphones in all the time, and they try to make an argument that (laughs) it is not disrespectful. To have your headphones in while I'm up there, te- I'm up there teaching. They're like, "Oh, they're not on." I'm like, "Then why are they in?" I don't. Why <laughs> are they in? Take them out. Like they're uncomfortable. It's not like they're like a pleasant thing in. to have in your ear, right? And or they'll be like, "Oh, I, I can, I can multitask. I can do two things at once. I can, I, can, I can have my headphone in and focus on you at the same time. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> right, take them out. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> And they, we actually got into a debate in the classroom because we debate a lot in my, in my classroom about whether or not it's disrespectful to have headphones in or not. And I was shocked by how many students feel like it's not disrespectful to have headphones in while an adult is talking. I, that surprises me too. Like, I, it just seems like it's, it's something Common that's so sense. obvious. Yeah. Like, it, like, it, if we ran into each other in the street, like, and I was like, oh, hey, Trav, or hey, Sam, like, well, I might leave him in for Sam, but if I saw Trav, I would, I'd be like, oh, well, let me take my, <laughs> my buds out and say, like, so we can converse here. Yeah. I, right. <laughs> they, they, and they're like, even trying to be like, oh, it helps with my ADD. I'm like, how? Oh, my God. <laughs> it helps with your ADD. So wait a minute. You, you ADD, you have, you can't be attentive to multiple, like you're, you're bouncing off the walls. So your favorite lyrics come on and I'm up there talking about the role of the president. And you're <laughs> going to tell me that, that you can comprehend both at the same time, but you're ADD. No. Are they listening to our podcast or? Right. That might be the new thing. You guys have, you guys have to listen to this. If you yeah. don't like, no, I, I, I'm telling you these kids, it, I, I don't know. I, as a matter of fact, there's a guy that's been teaching there for 53 years. And he told me that this is, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. He had, he told me that this last year and this year, these, these classes coming through are the first time he's ever really feared. He goes, there's always been the people that are like, Oh, the next, this next generation's terrible. The next generation's terrible, you know? And he's like, he's always been optimistic about it, but he's telling me that, this generation is straight scary because they just, they don't, they don't communicate. They right. don't care. They're like, 
they're completely disengaged because they're always on their phones or their headphones and they're they're not they they don't even get that respect factor yeah like that's kind of what i was thinking like they legitimately they don't understand what you're saying that like they don't in the real world that's disrespectful like it's right yeah yeah I even asked that. I'm like, are you going to go like into your job interview and have your headphones in? They're like, well, uh, maybe. Like, 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 <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean maybe? Like, you will not get that job. You <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a bad idea, right? Unless, unless, unfortunately, they start becoming the bosses, and then they're, right. yeah. they won't even have interviews. They'll have a robot giving interviews. I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but I, it is. I, I have guys. I have just excellent stories that we should share on here once in a t- once in a while. But that yeah, yeah. that's the, the classroom. And, and so let me ask you. So I, I'm in the middle of a transition at work where I'm getting trained a little bit. Not not thought, that type of transition. Track. I thought you were talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the on the board, but I decided not to. The transition at work. At work you know, so I'm learning new things. I'm I'm being trained constantly, not constantly, but I'm getting, I'm getting trained on the new procedures and all that stuff. So when I'm doing my own work, I, I put a headbud in or ear, earbud, Great. but earbud doesn't matter. Whichever. I put one in and I listen to what I want to listen to. It helps me just kind of, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I completely, I can roll along with it. But as soon as somebody comes up to me, I do this and or you guys can't yeah. see me on the podcast, but I throw my headphones down. So yes, yeah. I am 100% engaged as much as I don't, I'm not going to say don't want to be because I do. But sometimes to. you don't want to be, which is but fine. I, so, so let me ask you, it, I go through about, so sometimes it's constant communication between me and the guy that's training me. And I don't put it in, but then when I know I'm going to have like a 30 to, you know, hour and a half of just me working and I put it in, is that disrespectful? No. So as long as I'm not being talked to, it's not disrespectful, right? That's what bothers me because I tell them when you're working on your own work or doing your own thing, you can have your headphones in. And some teachers don't even allow that. when When I'm talking to your classmates talking and we're having a discussion you need to be taking your headphones out. And sometimes these kids have the audacity to take their headphone out and then put it back in like 30 seconds later when we're still in the same discussion. <laughs> and I got to be like, that's crazy to me. Take your headphone out. Yeah. And, and I, and I think it's twofold. I think it's one that, that maybe that some of them maybe are a little disrespectful, but two, I don't even know that they know that they put it back in. Maybe they out of habit. Like they just Yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, back in and they're pushing play, then jamming out. And I'm thinking and and sometimes I, I like see them kinda like doing a little, you know, singing or whatever. Do it. I'm like, guys, I know that you're not like maybe this isn't the most interesting stuff to you, but like at least fake it to me, man. Like I'm up here right. busting my butt, waking up every morning early. I'm doing my job you know, here. I'm curious. I mean, do high schoolers still have sex? <laughs> because it's like I mean, they, they go on these dates and stuff i mean and if they can't go through class without putting head i mean can they go on they a don't date even know how to talk they don't know how to like, yeah. i mean 
Yeah, I don't know if I need. Maybe to I'm a little that, old school, but, but if the girl like, put the headphones in, I'd be like, "What? What the heck's going on?" Like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm just gonna move on. Like, right? Like, do they communicate that way outside of the classroom too? Like, yeah. Yeah. If you go on a date, you go to the movie, but you both got your headphones in. Yeah. I don't know. Like, where? At what point? To dinner? Are you both sitting on your phones? No. Which brings up a whole Imagine, like when you were in high school. I'm a little older than you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you should bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> you on dates. Yeah, like, good lord, I I can't get over this this concept like of just you should know, right? Like you, I think you brought this up. You should know when it's respectful and when it's not respect. Like there yeah. needs to be that line of respect, no matter what, no matter who you're with. You just that losing that as a society is dangerous. Oh, I think it is too, man. I think yeah, in that in how to do proper personal interaction and how to do it, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've had my headphones on ever since I started this podcast, you know, placing my heart with Oberon is, which is pretty good, but yeah, I, I would highly recommend it. I'm going to drink it around the pool a lot this summer, unless I find oh, another one that, that kind of shove, shove it in her. We get it, Sam. You have a pool. I have good. a pool. It's like 30 years old, but it is water. We got to record one of these live by the pool sometime. Yes. All three of us together. Yes. Yeah. And we'll have uh, the listeners recommend the beer of choice. Yeah, there you episode. go. I like it. Yeah. So like it. if you guys are out there, give us some. Give us yeah, some for sure. Try. Michigan. Give us some ones to try. We love it. Hey, we'll we'll drink wine if we have to. If we yeah, have a Sunday yeah. night episode. I'll drink some wine. Like I mean, <laughs> we'll get this thing going. If it's if it's made in Michigan, let us know. We'll give it a shot. Boys, thank you very much for recording tonight. I know there's a game seven heading down Absolutely. to the wires, St. Louis and Dallas. Love it. I'm going to be up yeah. here all night watching this. Hopefully it doesn't overtime. go to double overtime or something like that. But, hey, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for recording. And we'll see you next week, if not sooner. See ya. All right. Where I saw the devil in my glass. The bartender told me it was time to go. I told him that he could lick my sack. Whiskey's gone, but I ain't leaving. There's gotta be a way to get it back. Whiskey's gone, but I ain't leaving. Gotta get this devil off my.